Being an entrepreneur has really caused me to challenge my idea of what I thought success was. You are now tuned in to Misi Muse Unplugged, a podcast for go-getters on their journey to greatness. Unlock the secrets to your success through insights, inspiration, and education. Get ready to level up with your host, author and consultant, Christy Lindor. Hey, my go-getters. Welcome to the Meesey Muse Unplugged podcast show. What's on the agenda for today? We are going to discuss how successful people think. And for this first segment, I actually want to do something a little different. I want to do a celebrity spotlight. So I want to talk a little bit about Jaden Smith and Kim Kardashian West, both widely successful celebrities that have recently made a dramatic pivot in their careers. And I want to really highlight some of the thinking and the mindset that it takes to make such a public declaration of doing something different. I I really think there's some lessons that we can glean from that. I've actually specifically picked these two celebrities for a reason, which I'll talk about a little bit later in the show. After that, I actually want to highlight ways that you can shift your thinking towards a more successful, fulfilling life. We'll also get a chance to feature and connect with go-getter Jessica Pierre. She will be sharing a little bit about her journey and give her perspectives on how successful people think. So for our celebrity spotlight, I'm actually going to start the conversation with Kim Kardashian West, one of the most polarizing celebrities of our time. So whether you love her or hate her, you actually got to admire the hustle and the empire that she's built over the years. Well, Kim recently made headlines about several months ago when she announced that she was studying to become a lawyer which actually kind of took people for a loop, just given the the hardcore brand that she's created around beauty and her looks and glamour and that sort of thing. I'm actually going to read a snippet from a recent CNBC article, which I'll also post out in the show notes for my go-getters out there. So in the article, it says her father, Robert Kardashian, was an attorney who gained notoriety serving on the O.J. Simpson's defense team. But Kardashian West's own interest in the law grew from her work with CNN commentator and criminal justice reform advocate Van Jones on his effort to shrink the incarceration industry. Kardashian West made a much publicized visit to the Oval Office to advocate for Alice Marie Johnson, a 63-year-old great-grandmother who was sentenced to life in prison for a nonviolent drug offense, who has since been granted clemency. So after the Vogue article, however, Kardashian West says she's received a lot of pushback on social media, with some people telling her to stay in her lane and others criticizing her unconventional path towards becoming a lawyer. So if you haven't been following the story, most people, I think, become a lawyer through schooling and education and spending many years in college. She's actually not taking that. There's a, there seems to be in the state of California, there is a shortcut where individuals can become a lawyer through a series of self-paced 
exams and experience. So kind of like getting an apprenticeship type of model. And it's not just in California, I guess a couple other states in the US does this as well. So people have been criticizing her about this choice. So she decided to take to her Instagram account and respond. So in the article, Kim says, I've seen some comments from people who are saying it's my privilege or my money that got me here, but that's not the case, she wrote. The state bar doesn't care who you are. This option is available to anyone whose state allows it. So what's the lesson in Kim's story? I think despite how public her life is or how much people criticize her, Kim does Kim. She's intentionally living the life that she wants to and confidently goes after the things that she wants to do. And she's absolutely right. This option to become a lawyer through unconventional means is open to anyone. So I find that fascinating. So I wanna pivot quickly and talk a little bit about Jaden Smith. So for those who don't know Jaden, he is the son of the uber fabulous celebrity couple, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. And so according to thegria.com, 21-year-old Jaden Smith created a water filtration system for the people of Flint, Michigan and launched the I Love You food truck on his birthday to feed vegan meals to the homeless in Los Angeles. Now the rapper and young entrepreneur says he's ready to become a full-time inventor. In the griot.com article, he says, I want the world to know that I'm switching professions and that I'm becoming a full-time inventor. I'm going to spend all of my time inventing new technologies because I think I'm better at that than making music. He goes on further to say, I'm not a musician, I'm an inventor. Elon Musk is my idol and I'm not gonna stop until I'm like Elon Musk. So go-getters, what's the lesson in Jaden's story? I really love his story and I think there's a lot to be said, even at his young age. Reflect honestly on where you are and if you're truly doing what you wanna do. I'm sure Jaden's father played a very influential role in his earlier decision to become a rapper. What's really cool is that he tried on the rapper thing. He's like, eh, I mean, I did okay, but he figured out what he liked better and that's actually creating new inventions than rapping. And he made a very public declaration of that pivot. So what's interesting, similar to Kim, Jaden has also received backlash. And I've seen a lot of things on social media. People can be so cruel sometimes, but they're like, I don't understand, you know, why he's doing this. He's weird anyways. I find that really disheartening because I think this goes back to a point I made back in episode two about defining the success I call that the trap of conformity, right? When people have already kind of pegged you as a specific type of person and people around you, they don't wanna see you other than that. They've already kind of put you in a category and if you do anything, you say anything that does not fit within that category that you've been put in, you're all of a sudden a bad person or you're crazy or whatever. And honestly, I call all of that haterism, right? So don't let the haters win. Go get her. If you're listening to this and your heart, your head, your intuition are telling you to try something different, go for it. Give it a chance. I mentioned in episode one of the season when I took a chance and I volunteered and ran a political campaign uh, last summer. I have never been involved in politics on that level. I decided to go for it. And that was a very public decision because people knew that I was running this campaign, even if I had not had that experience before. And so you have to sometimes give yourself a chance to try something different 
don't listen to the haters. I actually wish both Kim and Jaden the best. I look forward to seeing how both their journeys unfold. So now, how can you shift your thinking towards success? We'll talk about that right after a quick break. Several years ago, I was passed over for a promotion at my job. Instead of wallowing in my circumstances, that evening I decided to redirect my energy using a forgiveness technique I had casually created over the years. What happened over the next 15 months was an absolute life-changing breakthrough. So I decided to put it to the test. I shared the technique with a couple of friends and they too began to see major shifts at work. That's when I decided to formalize my forgiveness model into a book. Hi, I'm Christy Lindor. I've discovered that forgiveness used as an applied strategic skill in the workplace can shift your career to the next level. You can explore this concept in my new book, Release, Use the Power of Forgiveness to Get Unstuck and Thrive in Your Career. Order it now on Amazon or learn more at www.releasethebook.com. Hey, go-getters, we're back. In the last segment, I highlighted both Kim Kardashian West and Jaden Smith as two celebrities that have embodied the notion of successful thinking. Um, So now I actually want to share 18 ways successful people think. This is actually from another CNBC article that I'm printing, and I'm gonna post this article in the show notes for you to be able to look at on your own. As I go through the list, go-getters, I want you to think about what are some of the key themes that you see popping out when it comes to how successful people think. So number one, nothing is impossible if you're willing to put in enough time and effort. I feel like that one's a given, but I really believe that nothing is really impossible. You just got to decide if you want it bad enough, right? Number two, anything you make excuses to avoid doing is something you should be doing. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I actually need to listen to this one myself. So I'm gonna repeat that again. Number two, anything you make excuses to avoid doing is something you should be doing. Number three, the most honest advice you'll ever get is from people who like you the least We can say that one three or four times for the people in the back of the room. I've actually learned a lot. And it's funny, people tend to talk about not listen to the haters and all that stuff. I actually, I listen to the haters because I like to hear their mindset and what is it that they're thinking about. So just as people congratulate you and give you kudos for doing great things, You also want to thank the people that are not congratulating you because it it would definitely help you understand sometimes what are some of your blind spots or what are some things that you need to listen to. So I actually think that's a very interesting point. Number four, the person who wants it the most is the one who ends up winning. That needs to be on a t-shirt. Number five, whatever it takes is usually what it takes to get what you want in life. So I'm going to repeat that one again. Whatever it takes, it is usually what it takes to get what you want in life. Number six, being around negative people is the single greatest way to keep on losing. Mm, I'm gonna repeat that one again. Being around negative people is the single greatest way to keep on losing. Number seven, worry, fear, action, and gratitude are all choices you get to make. 
I always talk about if you want to be great, that's a decision you make day in and day out. I completely agree with this one as well. So worry, fear, action, and gratitude are all choices you get to make on a daily basis, regardless of where you are today. Number eight, if you aren't willing to master the details, you aren't likely to win. The devil is in the details. And I know I hear a lot of go-getters talk about, oh, you know, I, I really like to do things. And, you know, I like to kind of be the visionary and be able to do things. It's in the details of the execution of those visions that what you want to manifest comes to life. And when I say the details, i.e., most likely, that's also the habits, those micro habits you build in day in, day out. So here it's saying if you're not willing to master the details, I'm going to modify that a bit and say if you aren't willing to master the habits you need to create, you aren't likely to win. All right. Number nine, apathy is the enemy of achieving something awesome. That goes back to the conformity I mentioned earlier. Number 10, just because it didn't work out the last time you tried isn't a good reason to stop trying. Again, I talked about that in episode one about trying, trying again differently, right? Number 11, no matter how bad your situation might be, you can make it if you want to. I'm just shaking my head. I love this list. Number 12, no one gets to decide anything for you. Every decision is completely yours to make. I think this one's an important one, particularly for people who may be caught in a complex situation or circumstance, and they say things like, I didn't have a choice. You always have a choice. Understand that not making a choice is also a choice as well. So I really think that one is something that should be considered, especially if you are a person where maybe you want to learn how to build more self-accountability. I think that's important. Number 13, today is that second chance you have been asking for, use it. Number 14, the speed of your progress is directly related to the intensity of your effort. I like this one just because I feel like I've had people recently tell me in the past, like, wow, Christy, it just seems like over the last year you like blew up. Uh, I didn't just blow up over the last year. It actually has been 18 years in the making. I think what's happened in maybe the last two, three years is that I have found my voice and I've been willing to use it in ways that I've never done it before. And I've been very intentional about it. So even though I've been doing things behind the scenes and to someone on the outside looking in, it looked like it just happened overnight. That's not the case. A lot of work has gone into my journey to success over the last three years that looked very, very different from the last 15 years of um, my life. And so I agree to this one. If you decide today, go-getters, that you want to make a change and you are lightning focused on that, you create that intention and you work day in, day out, in six months, you can see a dramatic difference in your life than where you are today. I guarantee that. Number 15, you won't get better if you're not willing to listen and learn. This one is really, really important. I am a real big advocate on feedback. Feedback is actually a superpower, go-getters. I really, really believe that. And so I'm always looking for feedback. I'm actually going to plug. If you have feedback about this new kind of relaunch, Misi Muzung plugged at gmail.com. I'm always open ears listening. 
Number 16, the things you do when no one else is watching determines your ultimate trajectory. So that's that day in, day out habit, right? It's not what you're posting on social media in those really cool moments. It's really the day in, day out grind. It's that silent hustle that really differentiates those who are successful from those who are not successful. Number 17, just because the critics are loud doesn't mean they are right. Mm. This one right here, just because the critics are loud doesn't mean they are right. I love this one. You know, as an introvert, for me, I find myself around a lot of people that got a lot to say sometimes, and they're not really saying anything at the end of the day. And I notice, especially in United States culture, particularly extroversion behavior is considered more valuable than introversion, which is fine. But I've noticed in that the loudest person in the room is whose idea everyone goes with. And that goes back to that idea of not conforming. So yeah, I feel like I can talk about that one all day. Okay, last one, number 18. Any solution that is fast, easy, or guaranteed isn't likely to work in the long run. I think this goes back to the idea that success is a long game. It is not something that you're gonna try to do and say, okay, by this date, this is gonna happen, X is gonna happen. Yes, the more intensity and more effort you put towards something, the more you're gonna get back out of it quicker. However, if you're looking for a get rich quick scheme or anything like that overnight success idea, that does not work long term. It's that day in, day out grind. It's being able to create those habits. It's being able to do this whole list. I mean, I really, really love this list. For me, I'm about to become a newbie mom, new biological mom. So these days, I actually spend a lot of time thinking about how I want to raise my son and helping him realize these types of principles earlier on in his life are important. So for me, I'm definitely going to print this out and he's going to probably talk about this 18, 20 years later, how I focus on drilling these 18 principles in his head. And he's like so tired of hearing about it. I'm sure he'll talk about it in the future. So we'll, that will be uh, interesting. You guys heard it first. Well, let me know what you think, go-getters, about this list. I love it. Let me know if there's any other things you would add to this list. I would love to share fan mail, emails in the future. Hit me up at unplugged at gmail.com. You're listening to the Misi Muse Unplugged podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Now available on Amazon. Management consultant and author Christy Lindor shares career secrets based on 15 years of experience working at top firms in a new book called The Misi Muse. A hundred plus selected practices, unwritten rules and habits of great consultants. The Misi Muse provides insights, stories and strategies on the unwritten rules of the consulting profession. Christie conducted research and connected with 50-plus industry titans across 27 professional service organizations on what makes a great consultant. For book reviews, tour dates and more info, go to www.misimuse.us. In the last segment, go-getters, I went through the 18 ways successful people think differently. And you can find this full list in a CNBC article. It's posted in the show notes, so check it out. It's definitely a list to go by. Like I said, I know I'm going to print that list out and I'm going to use that constantly. I feel like I do use it probably unconsciously at this point because it's been drilled in my head. But I'm going to start to talk and use those 18 things as I talk to different people. So, 
I'm excited to introduce my next guest, Jessica Pierre. A little bit about Jessica. She is a political a PR professional, blogger, and social entrepreneur whose work has been featured in outlets such as the Boston Globe, BET, and Glamour Magazine. Growing up in a Haitian-American household, her interest for politics was sparked at a young age when she was listening to her family debates around Haitian and American politics, which I think is probably the experience of about 90% of Haitian-American kids. So shout out to the Haitian-Americans listening to this podcast. Motivated by her growing audience, Jessica recently launched her personal platform, jessicapeer.com. Her website is home to content that promotes civic engagement, entrepreneurship, motivation, fashion, and beauty in an effort to influence others, be their best selves. Jessica has always been dedicated to advocating around women's issues, particularly women of color. She is the president, CEO, and founder of Queen's company, a leading organization in Boston dedicated to empowering women of color by hosting network events, workshops, and providing a mutual support system. Here's my conversation with the wonderful Jessica. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Missy Muse Unplugged. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I've loved watching your journey to greatness and would love to make sure the listeners get a chance to learn a little bit more about you. Before we talk about Queen's Company and all the things you're doing with that effort, I would love for you to just introduce yourself to the listeners and give us a little bit about who Jessica is. Sure. So you guys know my name. I'm a 27-year-old living out of Boston, Massachusetts. Well, born and raised in Boston. However, I have a, I come from a Haitian-American background. My family migrated here from Haiti. So I'm part of the first generation of Americans in my family. And my Haitian heritage has had like a huge impact on my life and the trajectory of where my work is heading today. So I work in politics right now. I work in PR and media communications in the policy world. And my influence for politics stems at a very young age because I remember just being in my big Haitian family, like on Sunday dinners and watching my family really go back and forth and debate about different political issues, whether it was American or Haitian. And I was just always fascinated by how they would be so passionate and how alive they would come just by talking about these issues. So from then, I always had an interest in politics. So I majored in political science when I was in college. And then I, through my work in different student organizations, I joined like different leadership roles. And my first leadership role was as a public relations officer where I was marketing different events and doing social media and website stuff. So that's kind of how I got into the public relations field. And then when I graduated, I just decided to merge the two together. And then speaking of college, so I went to a predominantly white institute and contrary to what a lot of people think about Boston, I grew up in a neighborhood and I went to schools that were predominantly people of color. So when I got to my college, I was like in a huge culture shock to be around so many people who didn't look like me. So that kind of taught me the value of safe spaces. And that's how I got involved in a lot of the cultural student organizations on campus, like 
the Haitian American Student Association, African Student Association, Black Student Union. And so once I graduated, the situation was the same. You know, I went into the workforce and there weren't a lot of people that looked like me. And considering the fact that I was the first person in my family to graduate from college, I didn't really have access to a network of working professionals who could really help me advance my life and help navigate me and guide me through my career. So all I had was my friends who I graduated college and high school with, and we had like a great relationship. We were all in the same situation because we're all first generation college graduates. And that's how we formed what you just mentioned earlier, which is Queen's Company, an organization dedicated to empowering women of color in the greater Boston area, because we realized that we just didn't have the network and the resources that we thought we needed to be successful. So we just created our own resource. And so I'm an entrepreneur. I am also a writer. I write for my local newspaper, the Dorchester Reporter. And I really focus on issues affecting people of color because I think that representation in the media is very important. It's really important that we tell our own stories and really take control of the narratives that are being said about different issues or even like success stories highlighting people of color. And then lastly, I'm also a blogger. So I run my website, jessicapierre.com, where I write different content around politics, entrepreneurship, and motivation, just to kind of give people, share some of my insight on like my journey and give people the information and the tools that they need to create social change. So as you can hear listeners, Jessica is a true definition of a go-getter. She sounds very busy. So I thank you so much again for being on the show and walking us through that intro. I want to definitely delve more into Queen's Company. I think it's just been really successful here and want to talk about that. Before we go more into Queen's Company, I want you to take a step back and would love if you can walk us through the top three pivotal moments of your life that shaped your journey. So I I guess this can kind of be two in one. So the first pivotal moment that shaped my life was when I was about six years old, my mom grabbed myself, my older sister, and my little brother, and she moved us to Haiti. So my parents migrated here when my mom was pregnant with me in 91. And then, you know, I was born in Boston. But then when I was six, my mom decided to move back to Haiti because she was just kind of frustrated with all of the barriers that immigrants face in trying to achieve the quote-unquote American dream. So she decided to go back to Haiti and really create the life that she wanted for herself there, despite the political turmoil and the different issues that the country was facing at the time. She just had more opportunities there. So she grabbed my siblings and she separated with my dad and decided to go to Haiti. And she built an amazing life for all of us there. She was the associate director of a huge cargo shipping company. And we lived very well. We had like the big mansion, we had like the driver, we went on vacation, I went to a English speaking private school, I was in dance class, like it was just a really, really good life. We were very, very, very blessed. But then unfortunately, after three years of living in Haiti, my mom actually got murdered there. And those two events, so moving to Haiti and then losing my mom, those were two pivotal moments in my life that really like changed my world and 
changed my perspective. So after she passed away, my siblings and I ended up moving back to Boston to live with my dad and his side of the family. And that was a huge culture shock, not even culture shock, a huge shock in our lives, not only because we just lost our moms to these devastating circumstances, but our lifestyle was very different as well too, because my dad was still the struggling immigrant here in America. So a lot of the things that we had in our lives and the lifestyle that we were living, it just changed drastically. We went from like living a good life in Haiti and like being with our mom to coming back to Boston, being in the cold and not having our mom anymore. And then living in these conditions that we just weren't accustomed to. While that experience was very traumatic, it also helped me look at on the bright side of things because I knew that I had to keep going. Like I was only a child, but I just knew I had to keep living life. I had to keep going. Like I couldn't stay stuck in that moment. And it's something that I'm still healing from today, but it's definitely helped to instill more optimism in myself. So I'm able to easily see the bright side of things. And then it also motivated me to always want to live a life of service and helping other individuals and really helping other people heal from their pain. And so years later, when I decided to go to college, I thought I wanted to be a psychologist or a counselor because I felt like I played that role, especially in my family. My dad's side, we have a very big family. I have a lot of aunts and uncles. I have my grandparents. And living the immigrant life in America, there's just so many things that you go through. So I was forced to grow up really fast. And a lot of people would take notice of my maturity. So like I always used to have family members confiding in me and venting to me about their issues and I would try to help them work through things. So I kind of always had this skill of just like talking to people and being able to connect with people on a deeper level. So that's why I thought I was going to major in psychology and become a counselor or a psychologist. But then when I got to college, I realized that that's not what I wanted to do. I was taking my first psych 100 class and I was like, oh no, this is not it. I do not feel alive and I, it's just very difficult for me. So then I ended up pivoting to politics. And then the third thing that has been a very significant portion of my life is choosing to become an entrepreneur. So I never really seen myself as a business person. I never really seen myself as a leader in that space, but life threw me into that. And even starting Queen's Company, I never even thought of it as a business mindset. I was just kind of starting it in a way to build community because that's just who I am at the core. But then being an entrepreneur has really caused me to challenge my idea of what I thought success was. So I always thought that success was like, you know, having the education. My family really emphasized the importance of going to school and like getting a degree and working a job and having money and being financially stable. But being an entrepreneur, it really opens up your mindset to realize that you have to have a purpose driven life and you have to step out of fear and really step into faith because you're taking risks on a daily basis and when you're not connected to your faith it's really hard to make those moves and so being an entrepreneur has helped me grow personally in ways that i just wasn't expecting people think that you get into business and like your finances are going to grow or you might even lose money but i feel like stepping into that side of who i was has allowed me to really grow personally and it has 
allowed me to realize who I am at the core. It's, I've developed so much self-awareness. And then I've also realized that I'm so much like my mother. So she had a very ambitious entrepreneurial spirit. And the more I stepped into my role as an entrepreneur, the more I realized that I like unconsciously picked up so much from her when I was younger, when she was raising us. So it's just really amazing to see how everything in my life is kind of coming full circle from some of these events that were just really scary. You're listening to the Meesey Muse Unplugged podcast. We'll be right back after the break. What if you can finally launch your own consulting business that gives you the confidence to go after any targeted client and build a profitable business, regardless of your educational background or knowledge? What if you can finally learn how to package your expertise you spent years building into a profitable offering and then wake up every day making a difference with clients that truly value what you can bring to the table as a credible business consultant? Here's the secret, you can. Introducing the Purpose Driven Consultant School. It's an online training and mentoring program designed to help ambitious women and diverse professionals become world-class consultants doing work they love with people they like. Courses are taught by me, Christy Lindor. I come with over 18 plus years of experience working for some of the world's most prestigious management consulting firms. Check us out. We're now enrolling. We have a couple courses coming up on really how to start your business. We kick off our program with a six-week boot camp called Consulting Like a Boss. You can learn more at www.purposedrivenconsultant.com. Wow. There's so much you shared. And thank you so much for sharing your journey. I know how hard it is to lose your mom and that that's a tough road. I know for me, even though it's gotten easier to manage, but I know it's something that I will never forget or never kind of get over in a way. So I, I definitely can relate to that. And I'm so sorry that you had to, to go through that. You know, what would you say, Jessica, for any listeners that are hearing this story that have may have gone through something similar, especially at such a young age, what advice would you give them if they're feeling stuck in their lives at this point? Definitely talk to people, connect with different people. You know, a lot of people have this mindset of they have to go through things alone or they don't want to put their problems on other people. But when you speak to people that you care about, when you speak to people that you trust, like that's kind of a way to not only release some of the pain, but it's a way to invite more help and healing into your life because I haven't been able to heal by myself. Like I'm still healing, but it's not a process that I could ever imagine going through myself. I really attribute a lot of my healing to the people around me, to my family, to my friends. It's just really important that you have a support system to rely on because that's where it all starts. It all starts with the healing. Like you will not be able to be successful in anything that you do until you heal a lot of the traumas that you faced in life. You know, we've all faced different traumas, but it's really important to take some time to process Don't be afraid to go through the motions and go through the feelings because you can't avoid them either because if you avoid them, they're going to catch up to you at some point. And trauma has a way of manifesting in our body, in our lives, in different areas that you won't even expect in our finances. So it's really important to just take the time to acknowledge what you're going through, acknowledge what you've been through, and don't be afraid to, to seek help. 
I go to therapy every week, every Friday, even though right now I'm in a good space in my life. But it's just when you go to the gym and you work out, you're not going to stop working out because you feel healthy and you lost a lot of weight. Like you're going to keep working out to maintain that physical healthiness. And I think that people really need to start looking at mental health and healing in that way where you're just constantly working on it. You're constantly checking in on yourself and just making sure that you're okay. And if you're not okay, trying to figure out what exactly can I do to make myself feel better? Is this, is this something that I need to just let, uh, or is this something that I need to actually get some help around? Very good advice. Very good advice. I'm going to pivot. Jessica, I would love for you to share a little bit more about Queen's Company. So I know you mentioned the beginning of your intro, how you started it with your friends, but maybe tell us a little bit about more. What What is Queen's Company? Sure. So Queen's Company is an organization that works to empower women of color. And right now we're focused on the greater Boston area, but We're hoping to expand in 2020 to different areas in the United States, but we empower women of color through our membership program that really focuses on providing the necessary resources, tools, and network for women to become their best selves in areas such as personal growth, professional development, health and wellness, and financial empowerment. And we throw a number of different events throughout the city on almost a monthly basis around those four pillars of our mission to kind of help women access different resources while also building sisterhood with other women because our model is community over competition. We know that there's a lot of great women in the world. We know that there's a lot of people who are working towards achieving success, but we really believe in adapting a community mindset where we're lifting each other up as we climb. And so we create that environment and that space for women to do that. I love it. I know I've been to a couple of Queen's Company events and I really love the energy around some of the events. And I think what also surprised me was the last Queen's dinner that I attended There was a variety of different women of all ages, which actually I found surprising. I thought me being on the older side, I thought it was going to be more younger women, but I was very pleasantly surprised that it was all types of women of all ages. Was that intentional or did that just kind of organically happen? That organically happened. I think that a lot of people assume that we're for millennials or younger women because us as founders of the company were millennial women. However, the services and the resources that we provide, it's things that all women need. And organizations like ours haven't always been accessible, particularly for women of color in Boston. Like if you go to like Atlanta, DC, areas that have larger populations of women of color, you can find different organizations like ours. However, in Boston, it was really important for us to really hone in on our market here and to really let people know that we exist because there's not a lot of organizations like ours and every woman really needs access to what we provide, whether you're 50 years old, whether you're 25, whether you're 18. So we really serve a broad range of women and I love seeing the women connect and it's so important to have that intergenerational aspect of our events because people provide different perspectives. If there's a college student in the room and then there's a more seasoned professional in the room, then boom, that's a connection where the college student can get a mentor or the seasoned professional can can hire a younger person for their company. So 
we really try not to narrow it down to age because so many people can bring so many different perspectives and contribute so much to the group. It works so well. Like I love when people bring their grandmothers. I love when people bring their moms. You know, I've had my aunts join me at these events and my aunts are like 50 plus and they have gotten so much out of it. So it's very beautiful to see. I completely agree. And I want to go back to a point you was making about your journey into entrepreneurship and with Queen's Company. What would you say was the biggest lesson you've had to date? Becoming an entrepreneur, stepping out and starting this, I call it a movement because it really feels like a movement to me. What would you say is the biggest insight you've had or lessons learned? I would say that the biggest insight that I had in becoming an entrepreneur is that you can do business with your heart. A lot of people think that business is something that is just like, you know, strictly money, strictly profit driven, but there's a way that you can follow your purpose and help other individuals by becoming an entrepreneur. Like you have to have a vision and that's really what it starts with. You know, I never went to business school. That's why I never even knew I was going to start a business. It was never in my life plans. Like if you had asked me that question five years ago, I would have easily laughed and been like, no, I'm just trying to work in politics and and figure my life out there. But when you have a vision and when you're just in tune, like your intuition and your, your spirit starts calling you to do certain things, you have to listen to it because the more you ignore it, the more it's just going to keep gnawing at you and gnawing at you and gnawing at you. And yesterday I, I spoke to a group of young women. They were about 18 years old. And I asked them, I was like, what do you think the key to success is? And then they were all like, financial freedom and yada, 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 and yada, yada, yada. So I was like listening to them and I, I shared some of my story with them. And I'm like, the main key to the success that I have achieved so far is because I'm in tune with what my purpose is. And the way that you find what your purpose is, is that you take risks, you step out on faith and you can't be afraid to fail. So when you fail, you have to be able to identify the different lessons and you have to keep going. Also, you have to remain authentic to who you are. You have to do things that align with what you want for yourself, what aligns with your spirit, because you can do what everybody else is doing, but that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And at the end of the day, that's not going to bring you true happiness. And it's also not going to bring you true success. So for me, it's just been really important for me to just be mission-driven, purpose-driven, do business with my heart. Like, of course, you know, set boundaries and don't play about your business, but at the same time, lead with love and just stay true to myself. Yeah, I so love that. I know earlier you mentioned that you may be looking to expand Queen's Company to other cities. Outside of that plan, is there, you know, what else would you say is next for Queen's Company? What's next? Well, we're actually working on different partnerships with different organizations and corporations across the state, essentially, because we know that women of color are the next wave of leaders. And we really want to create a talent pipeline for organizations and corporations that are looking to hire more women of color into their businesses, into their companies, because we want to create a leadership pipeline so that anybody who's a member of our organization, a professional member, they'll have access 
to these leadership roles that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. So we're building relations with different universities, different major companies, national companies, so that we could serve as that pipeline and really empower our individuals, but hold their hands through the next step of their lives, through the next step of their career, so we can be that stepping stone for them to really reach that next level. And then as far as for our entrepreneurial members, our business owners, people who are just interested in starting a business and don't really know how, we're also developing different partnerships so we can give them the access to not only the business resources, but the capital so that they can continue to increase their businesses, increase their sales, and then scale. Because we know that women of color, particularly Black women, are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs, and yet we still receive less than 1% of venture capital funding around the country. So we wanna really play a role and play a hand in changing that and increasing access to capital. And go-getters, I'll go ahead, I'll definitely add all the links to Queen's Company and to jessicapier.com, and we'll have that all in the show notes for you. So definitely check it out. So I have one more question. This is actually related back to the science of success. I mentioned that's what the season is all about. So Jessica, would love to hear your thoughts. Do you think successful people think differently? I think that successful people just aren't afraid. They're not afraid of using their gifts. They're not afraid of sharing it with different people. They're not afraid to fail. And most importantly, they're not afraid to succeed, especially for a lot of people who may not come from privileged circumstances. Failure is something that we deal with on the regular. However, success is something that's new. It's a new concept for us because we don't always see it around us. So it's scary. It's like, well, What if I was to succeed? What if I was to break this generational curse of poverty that my family experiences? What if I was to change the narrative? We have to really dare to face our success and know that we deserve it. Like get rid of imposter syndrome, really know, hone in on our self-value and know that we deserve to be just as successful as everybody else. So that would be my answer. Well said. Love it. Love it. So what would you say is a fun fact about you, Jessica, that people cannot Google? Ooh, a fun fact about me that people cannot Google, unfortunately, but maybe they can. So back in 2013, I had just graduated college and I was working like my first job out of college and I was working for a small political organization that advocated for women's reproductive health. And this was around the time that Obama was implementing the Affordable Care Act around the country. And so the Affordable Care Act was modeled by Massachusetts healthcare reform. So he came to Boston to deliver a speech about the implementation of the Affordable Care Act. And he did it at the historic Samuel Hall in downtown Boston. And I actually got to stand behind him while he was giving the speech. And it was just such a wonderful experience for me, especially for being like fresh out of college. So I was standing behind him and when he came on stage, he shook all of our hands and he just smelled so good. (laughs) I was like, who is this radiant king? Like, oh my God, bow down. (laughs) 
don't think my name was featured in any of the press from that event. I think if, if you Google like Obama Affordable Care Act speech 2013 Boston, you might see a little bit of me in the pictures, but that's that's a fun fact that I love sharing with people. It's something I'm really proud of. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I think I'm going to have to go look that up and see <laughs> if I can see you in the crowd. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Jessica. How can people find you online if they're looking for you? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and I really appreciate you for creating this platform. If people want to find me, you can follow me on Instagram at Jessica Pierre. So J-E-S-S-I-C-A-H-P-I-E-R-R-E. And then you can also find me on Twitter as well using the same handle at Jessica Pierre. And you can check out my website, jessicapierre.com as well too. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Jessica. I hope you'll uh, join us back. We'd love to hear updates on Queen's Company and any other activities or things you're doing in your life. Sure, of course. Anytime. Thank you so much. That concludes today's show. I want to thank my guests for being with us today. And thank you, my go-getters, for tuning in. There are hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there, and I'm so glad that you've chosen the Misi Muse Unplug to connect with. So make sure you check out today's show notes. You can go to www.misimuse.com for more information. Please feel free to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and rate it. Until next time, here's to your journey to greatness. Tune in for new episodes every Monday to kick off your week of greatness. Visit us online at MiseeMuse.com for more information. Don't forget to follow Misi Muse on all socials to stay tuned in for upcoming episodes and news from Christy Lindor.